Cause I've been acting like I make that fell on the floor. It's your fault you didn't shut the refrigerator. Maybe that's the reason I've been acting so cold. If I could great escape, <laughs> I'm Noah Jansen. Oh <laughs> I'm Eliza Jansen. I'm Noah Jansen. <laughs> I'm Meg Jansen. I'm Anthony Carr. And this is Twin Picks. I was like, <sighs> is he really going to do the whole thing? And then he did the whole thing. This is a running theme with you, Noah. Yeah. Well, it's a short. Is that the rap. only rap it's you the can first do? rap I learned. Yeah. That yes. and the rap in Black or White by Michael oh Jackson. God. And I can't do that one anymore. <laughs> so, in case you're wondering, just, yeah. Noah is not black. Do you want just me white. to do? I'll do that rap at the end of the episode great. as the fader. Great, great, great. Gosh, I love movies. Welcome to Twin Picks, a show where a pair of actual, real-life human twins uh, make a double feature out of two movies that share some kind of little similarity and talk about which one does its job better. Um, Yet again this week, we are joined by a wonderful guest, someone that honestly, like... It's it's been a long time coming. Mm. Our wonderful sound composer, engineer, dude—the guy who brings you any need the title. semblance really, of you quality. Need executive chief, chief. Yeah, we, sound officer. that's true. Anthony Carr. What do you what do you think is a sexier title we could have for you? Because like what day one, you, you told us we should call you like the sound engineer. Yeah, that does but sound kind of grand like to me. Maybe that. it needs a the like the engineer. The engineer. Soundboard. Yeah, that's fine. That works with me. Oh. I'm not soundboard. <laughs> Eliza, Sound once again, is not actually in the room with us. Yes, yeah, speaking and nothing of incredible, makes that more obvious than that <laughs> comment. That's that's stupid. More desperate alone. for your like for your approval. So I say weirder, Attention. dumber stuff. The word soundlord. What do you think of thousands sandlord, of miles away? Yeah, I no. like Sound Daddy. Uh, it's co- uh, I, don't, I don't like that. The podcast it's a bit, Sound Daddy. It's a bit like, it's a bit like kinky, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, this I is a know. family podcast. Yeah. I don't think we should bring engineer, that in. Engineers, the, the okay, accepted. the engineer. Aww. Well, Anthony Carr name. is the engineer, and he's. I'm like not even kidding. That day one, when I feel like people maybe don't love our podcast, mm. the thing that they say first is like. Who does the music and stuff? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the like easily the most consistently the most good solid part theme, of our show. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, Anthony. like if you hate um, the show, you can't hate the music. There's no, there's nothing yeah. to keep genuinely about, cannot. Yeah. You cannot hate the music. Um, and I also have to thank you all for being patient. Uh, for uh, we we missed out on an episode this week for the first time since our Halloween Freaky Friday uh, disaster last year. We missed out this week because I was really ambitious. I was like, oh, I'm getting this little surgery Here we go. Bringing on my nose. Here bring it back to himself again. <laughs> I thought we should have some lovely family banter okay, and start on. the podcast. Come on, come on. Go Fine on. then. I got a surgery on my nose and I was really ambitious and I was like, oh, yeah, we can record a few days later. And Meg will tell you I was just this weird crippled baby uh... in bed for like four days. So I was not ready to talk about Steve McQueen movies. Noah was super endony. Which is a beautiful thing in my <laughs> eyes. Um, when I got my wisdom teeth out, I couldn't stop talking about Ellen DeGeneres because of Endone. So I don't know. Did you experience anything like that, Noah? Um, yeah, what were you like? Did you I mostly, about? Yeah. My weird one was just 
I never <laughs> slept. I watched so much, but I watched so, no, like I did sleep like at night, obviously, but I mean, like when I was on the end zone, particularly on the day we were going to record, mm. literally from the start of the day to the end of the day, I half slept, half watched Bojack Horseman. Oh. Like one mm. eye was completely closed and the other <gasps> eye was completely open. It's like just open. your left brain was taking it in. That's what I mean. And like Das was looking after me and she was like, when I would be on your left side, I would think you were sleeping and then you'd say something and I'd realise you were watching wow. and no, just sleep. So scary. I watched like, I also watched Rosemary's Baby, which was a no. horrible choice. Wow. No, because in that it movie was, she's got all weird. weird shit and she's like going in and out of consciousness and dreaming about Yeah, when she like devil. walks oh into the traffic, and she like, there's a bit where she's all like dazed and like walks into the traffic and stuff and I was like... That looks normal. Like, <laughs> I, it just seemed illogical to we me. We should you know? do like Rosemary's Baby and Look Who's Talking or oh, something like that. That's good. Baby, baby antics. Baby, baby antics. What's happening with this baby? Yeah, boss um, baby. And Boss Baby. Oh, we'd have to bring M-Kid yeah. back on the show yeah. to Boss Baby. Um, Anthony, have you ever been under like anesthetic or <laughs> what a weird question oh, to ask, yeah. but yeah. Have you ever- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our guest, have you what? ever been under for surgery? Yeah, like super out um, of him, like, oh. Are you ready to be? Or? Only, only one time in my life and I actually had a like – it sounds like it was less intense mm. by a long shot, but a similar procedure to what Noah has just had done. It was like kind of sinus related and that sort of thing. Mm. And I remember being like very disoriented when I woke up and stuff, but it was all like one day and I didn't yeah. stay overnight at hospital and stuff. Yeah. And I remember uh, well, that's like, what gets you. Like when they say, oh, you don't have to stay overnight, you yeah. straight up just think you're going to be able to like live your life. Mm. But yeah. that's not what happened. Yeah. Mm. Well, I spent the week like eating ice cream and stuff at home, and that's like, that was when you. Cool. Yeah, when I found that ice cream was quite nice. That, yeah, that's what did it for me. And I was like ten years old, so I particularly appreciate that's that. chill. Um, Lovely. Yeah, but other than that, no. I hope you're okay, dude. Had a pretty hospital. I really life. hope you're okay. Yeah, that's I'm, rough. I'm pretty good. You, I think you turned I'm out pretty you good. I think you did. Mm-hmm. It turned out so good that you uh you've picked a movie. For us this week, what's so you? We said, well, like obviously, you have to guest on the show at some point because half the time when you will randomly chime in in the middle of an episode, it's the only like the most intelligent thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're like talking in the podcast, we're like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, well. I, think, I think when you're like sitting here for like an hour and like not saying anything, you like, have fairly intentionally that like it's easy to you know cherry pick your mm. better thoughts Indeed. and that sort of stuff. It's, Very it's true. a lot, lot less stressful. Yeah, you don't like have to, to weigh in on the brainworm stuff. You just for sure can yeah. like have a really good point brewing and be like. Guys, what about plot? Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I feel like I don't chime in that much because I'm trying to be more selective in my I thoughts. I cannot but as it turns comprehend out, the things coming <laughs> from the other side of the table. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Let's table this discussion for we later. We will shelve oh, and we will return Mike. to it. Great. So what movie are we doing? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, Anthony, what did you? Yeah, what did you yeah, bring? The bring? the film I brought to the group was um, Chicken Run, <gasps> the Ardman two thousand animated. Run, they really run, do, run, don't run, they? Run. I, I believe highest grossing animated film of all time. Oh no to way! This day. To this uh, day, no, no way in hell. Wait, oh, so billions of dollars overtook it. Yeah, it grossed over two hundred and twenty-four million. <sighs> yes, chickens. and it was. The highest grossing film of all time That's back then. Wait, what year did it come out? It 2000. It came out in 2000. There had only been one Pixar doll. film at that point. That's weird. Mm. Maybe that's the year A Bug's Life came out. Well, another time. Amazing. But mm. that does actually make sense to me. Yeah. Anyway. And so that was like a childhood movie for you. Oh, absolutely. I reckon I watched that like upwards of, 
I don't know, 200 <gasps> times. Shit. So this was the 201st viewing. I would say so. Wow. Yeah. The big 201. Very good. Well, this was the big, I don't know how many times I've watched Chicken Run, but this was the big two for wow. me with the film we paired it with. Mm. The Great Escape. Mm. Another escape from like prisoner of war camp kind of vibe thing that, uh, you know, is clearly, as we'll talk about, a big inspiration for um, Chicken Run in kind of like every detail. Uh, mm. Did you kind of know, Anthony, about the like chicken, about the, um, <laughs> chicken, about the um, Great Escape Have you heard of association <laughs> with, um, with Chicken Run? Um, yeah, I, I think I kind of peripherally knew about it, but obviously I you know, encountered Chicken Run first as a child. Yeah, as a kid, and yeah. so I kind of like pieced yeah. that together And we'll talk later. about like there's a lot of more iconic like uh, iconography and like ideas around Great Escape, but not about like the movie as a whole necessarily. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of people casually know it, but don't know yeah. the mm. whole film kind of. Well, this was the first time I had watched the whole right. thing through. I've seen like, you know, classic clips from yeah. it and that sort of stuff in the past. But yeah, this is the also, first time I actually right. watched well, it. Well, shall we get into it then? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's talk about The Great Escape. We'll just observe that you're making Apple words. It's fun. But it's going to crack on my... Do some Apple ASMR. Hey, friends. Just to make this clear, I don't want Meg to feel uncomfortable. As we start this conversation, she's having apples with peanut butter, peanut butter on them. See? It was that easy. Oh, my God. It's going to make you so relatable. We're going to start getting TikToks from people, like, eating apples in solidarity and stuff. Uh, I was talking to my friend. He was like, why did you start eating apples with peanut butter? Because I always eat at the library. It's like my study snack. People kind of know me for it. It's my trademark. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we used to feed it to a possum that lived out the front of our house. And then I wondered what it tasted like. So I tried it. He was like. <laughs> you adopted the possum way. <laughs> he was like, why did you do that? And I was like, I just wondered what was appealing about it. And now I know. <laughs> and then he was like, so did you take, like, the piece that the possum was eating? Or like that you were going to leave for the possum? No. Eliza's no, no. mic looks like a possum. Yeah. That looks really silly. Yeah, I have a really funny like <laughs> microphone cover sound muffler thing on. It looks We're insane. not recording, are we? Yeah, yes. it's all going. Looks like a oh. troll doll. It does look like a troll doll. I keep wanting to. The greatest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, 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 okay. No, so well, <laughs> we should, yeah. Let's do it. Um, okay. The Great Escape is a 1963 American war film starring Steve McQueen, James Garner, Richard Attenborough, and Donald Pleasance. It's so weird seeing, and Charles Bronson also, actually, that's another big name. It's weird seeing Donald Pleasance not in, like, because he's in the Halloween franchise as, like, a crazy doctor, and it's weird seeing him, like, very calm. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's uh, directed by John Sturgis, who also directed Bad Day at Black Rock, and The Magnificent Seven, so, like, lots of equally, for the era, like, big, expensive studio pictures, uh, which is definitely what this is. It's um, it was the highest-grossing film of uh, 1963, did I say? Mm. Yeah, 1963. Uh, it was, you know, big, like, just, like, for the era, the big, grand, expensive, flashy film. Um, and I think it's most famous for... A few things like it's it's the kind of movie that everyone knows something from, you know, like I think the most famous visual idea would be like the famous jump scene of like Steve McQueen 
running away from Nazis on uh, the motorbike and like jumping up, up like up and over um, a, like barricade on like these green hills, like this amazing stunt. Yeah. And for the like the theme, the famous theme. That music is like way too cute for a Holocaust movie. That's exactly what I was about to say. My first time watching this movie as a kid, I was like, why is this music so happy? Isn't this about the Holocaust essentially? Or like World War II? This is so so sad. In a lot of moments I was like, this is a strange tone to be going for, especially when we always watch films like about the Holocaust that have such a sombre um, tone to them. There was something about this being like a whole like, like the great, the grand escape of the blah, blah, blah. It just didn't feel that right to me. Mm. I don't know, I'm interested to see what An- Anthony what. Yeah, yeah, it had such a victorious sensibility and, but spoiler, I think that's part, part of its charm, honestly. Like a lot of these early war films, like part of the charm is, John Sturgis has spoken before about how um, his war films all, he's like, there's a reason there's so many more World War II films and World War One films is because like, what actually suits the action of a war film is a simple, like, black and white, good and bad. The heart of, like, the issues inside World War II is extremely depressing tonally and stuff. But in terms of, like, wanting to make just, like, an action film, there was actually, like, lots of ripe source material. I don't, I, I don't know, it kind of works for me being, like, one of the most charming things about this film to me that's really aged well and worked well for a second viewing, actually, is that it has such an attitude of, like, these guys really are all kind of, like, so how are we going to figure it out? And it's like a little game and it's like, yeah. it's kind of like a big puzzle or something. And there I, is I something, find that the big charm they make of war There's something like endearingly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like war games. They make something quite endearingly optimistic of the Completely. entire endeavour. Yeah. Although I just can't help but feel with that tone just comes the subtext of sort of propaganda almost. Yes. Especially when we're talking about a film like this is adapted from a real life yeah. occurrence, but largely it's not that accurate. It's sort of just like speaks to me as like historical revisionism, mm. almost as if it is this propaganda thing, pushing an American agenda on a non-American yeah. sort of yeah. forefront. Do I don't know. I think going uh, like going back to the initial thing about how, you know, like um, happy the theme sounds mm. and the sort of like uh, – optimism that you're like presented with with for so much of the first half of the film in particular it's very um i can see what you mean about propaganda in the sense that it almost sounds to me like what an american person who hasn't gone to Mm. war yet thinks it's going to be like totally like how they and and like i can totally um place that within like an australian context as well Mm, with films like gallipoli and that sort of stuff there was a lot of sort of like you know like obviously government or effectively propaganda and that sort of yeah. stuff about like the glory of it and those sorts of things yeah, and totally. sort of like the sense of like individualist Western yes. personal achievement that comes along through like going to war and winning yeah. and being good in that way. Um, and I can see the theme really suiting that, mm. but at the same time, I think the reason it also feels kind of incongruous to me is that, this is the second world war and it comes after the atrocities of the first world war. Mm. And I can't, I struggle to believe soldiers would maybe be that kind of 
blind to like mm. what the situation was going to be like yeah. in um making those decisions to be a part of the armed forces and that sort of stuff. Mm. It um I don't know it seems a bit strange to me. It it would have made more sense to me if it was a film about the First World War yeah. to have that thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I hadn't guess. appreciated that, I guess. But, I don't um, know, something about it, it seemed, I wonder if it was just the right context to push that, like, American agenda on mm. into, if we think about the Second World War, a lot of history teaches us that America is what won it for the Allies. I which, guess I would hear you know, all this more, I would hear what you're all saying more if I felt like the film was actively hiding something and if it was mm. being like we are unabashedly an action film and denying completely the horrors of war but I feel like if anything it takes an not an optimistic lens but I feel like a message is told through it in that the whole film has that like we're focusing on men's passion and conviction above the presence of death in war mm. until mm. the last like 20 minutes when it's like, oh, all of these guys are dying, all mm. of them, mm. every single guy that escapes. Like, mm. And it's, it is shocking and it is almost like, you know, the film, is, that feels really precise to me that the film snaps you out of the comfortable reality you've been put into of like these are like, you know, boys playing mm. like hide-and-seek yeah, yeah. kind of and yeah. it's real life and that humanity hits home and like you feel the weight of it. So that then when Steve McQueen is brought back to the POW camp mm. and the music starts again, mm. to me, I don't know, it just doesn't feel cheap. To me, I think it's like highlights a really beautiful optimism about. Yeah, you think there is like about, a maturity to it. Yeah, because I also feel like that's how like our grandpa talked about yeah. war. Like he was always like, you know, obviously after war, the facts and the nature of war is atrocious and depressing and horrible. But like mm. there's something about like, a bunch of men and like the mentality that gets them through mm. about being like, well, we're better than them and we're not going to like put ourselves in mm. that emotional place. We're going to live above it's it. But it doesn't spirit. feel yeah. like the film's orchestrating something because it does acknowledge yeah. that weight to me as well. I would say that the last act, the last 20 minutes or so when this great grand escape is sort of falling through and, you know, man after man is being captured yeah. or killed or whatever that is for me the most poignant part of the mm. film because it shows that even in their deaths they did have this dignity and pride in what they did in the armed service and also that spirit it it does um it did strike a chord with me i just don't know that it i i wonder now that i think about it on reflection whether that's just because i needed the the stark juxtaposition of everything being so optimi optimistic and then that spirit remaining even when obviously things yeah. weren't going to turn out. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, part of me, I think maybe just I sit with this in a, where, in a spot where I'm just kind of irked by the idea that we want to think about the Second World War itself and the atrocities of the Second World War as kind of these war games or as this kind of, you know, chummy, laddie, friendly I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the, the oh, strange thing. No. Uh, I was just gonna say, I think the I think the strange part about it for me is the fact that they're having that kind of like mentality and that um drive to kind of push back and almost like, you know, it's it's framed as them very intentionally like being a nuisance to mm. the German forces mm. and stuff, like that 
they're a, a lot of the time right from the get-go in the film, like they're making these sort of like half-assed escape attempts immediately as soon as they're transferred into this like high security Yeah, camp. That, that opening really works for me. And and it doesn't, like they're, they're never almost really actually intending to escape at that no. point. Like the reason this is the great escape is because it's like, oh, what if we actually put heaps Pulled of time and thought and effort, effort and into thought. it yeah. and really tried to make it work. But from the beginning, they're almost just trying to like waste people's time and manpower and money and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And um, like they established that the camp itself is specifically like this camp has the worst of the worst. Like every single one yeah. of these prisoners of war has like tried to escape like some of them like upwards of 10 times. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like that guy at the beginning. He's like dropping all the files on the table and he's being like 17 times, 21 times, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah from all these places. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the thing that feels strange to me about the, like that attitude of the soldiers is that it, um, it, again, it would make more sense to me if it came from a place of like them having not encountered any kind of atrocities in particular yet. Yeah. Because like the film from the beginning is the, um, I can't remember, I can't remember so many of the people's names in this film. There are so many characters. Um, but the, um, the German guy running the camp at the beginning of the yeah. film, he says to the British like commander or whatever position he is, who's like brought in in the opening scene, he says to him really explicitly, like, we can all just, if you convince your men to stop trying to escaping, we can wait out the war and we can all be comfortable and happy and safe yeah. and survive and we can all get through this. Mm. And then when, you know, the political powers sort their shit out mm. everyone can go home and i think that for that really sticks with me the idea of people being like i'm just gonna try and fight and put myself in like drastic exactly amounts of danger anyway feels so like it's not just like like the the filmmakers are like pretending like mm. to me the idea that we don't see them like torture them and like beating them and stuff. And they do just say like, literally let's just wait out the war. Yeah. And it's just like literally about like humankind, the human spirit unwilling to be like, you aren't allowed to take my freedom away from me. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I think, so Liz, we haven't heard no, much from you. Sorry. What'd you have to say? Yeah. I think it like speaks to the very concept of escape. Like their point isn't really to escape. It's just the principle of the thing. The idea that, you know, yeah. if in spirit you're going to give in and say, like, all right, we'll wait until the war is over. It's like, well, why did you sign up for the army in the first place? Like, it is a very yeah. America-centric thing to be like, yeah, this will yeah. be our project. Like, we're just going to go kicking and screaming. Like, you know, even when you hear from some of the Nazi guards who are like, yeah, I have a family. Like, I can't wait until the war's over. I don't like being a soldier. It's like, mm. if you're just like, cool, I'm just going to accept that neutral evil and stay in this camp. Like, Yeah. That's I guess I would just have so anti-American like, slash expected that they might like change their mind, like yeah. that they might encounter war, right. realize that it it isn't fun and it isn't glorious and mm. it's like terrible in every way, and that they would be less like I don't know. I guess I just have a very um preservationary mindset yeah. about the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like if I were in that situation, there is no way in hell that I'd be like, yeah, let's yeah, I'm gonna, like, try to get out every mm. day. Yeah. I'm going to be mm. like, yeah, I'm happy to like sit in a room mm. for 10 years wait so out. that I don't totally. die. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway. I, don't know, I think Eliza, I think I, what stuck I really stuck out to me, what you said about like, it really just breaks down the concept of like, what is an escape? Even in like, that, like, I think it brings that home thematically so well with the idea that they're like, 
oh, the escape, like, how much was it really for all of us to, like, get away? Like, yes, it's horrific that all these men died, but, like, you know, there's that big bit at the end where they're essentially saying, like, you inconvenienced the Germans to an insane degree that they did not have the resources for. Mm. Yeah. And in that sense, it was more successful than we could have ever imagined. Like, Mm -hmm. the idea that in their, like, final moments they, like, dealt, like, that lethal blow kind of of just, like, inconveniencing them through their spirit. I think it, I don't know, I think it's, like, a really interesting little avenue to explore Mm. uh, a bit of war through. But I think the movie takes... Way too long to yes. do it. Oh, yeah. another thing I want to talk watch, about. <laughs> for this being your first proper watch, Anthony, when you started this movie, were you like, oh my God, this is really slow? Or were you okay with um, the act leading up to the escape? Yeah. Not, at, not at the beginning. I think the part that dragged the most for me was the prep for the escape. Right. Like mm. the mechanics of it. It was like mm. it was like a super montage in every sense of the word. It was like totally. there'd be like an actual montage and mm. then there'd be like two or three actual scenes with yeah. dialogue with people talking about the things you had just kind of seen it's in that montage. So and then another montage. Like, like it, Which yeah. is so bizarre because it actually, when you look at the paper like layout of the film, you're like... This is a two-hour film. Yeah. Like, literally nothing in it makes you go, like, why would it be three hours long? Like, yeah. it's literally just every single bit is drawn out. I think it seems bogged down in those details, though. It seems, yeah, yeah like, it uh, wants to get it so right. I honestly was yeah. much kinder to it this time lengthwise. Like, I mm. think I I'd known about it. I kind of, it was, like, the simplicity of the film made it much funner to me this time. And I also just thought about, like, all I think every single highest grossing film like of each dependent like independent year up until maybe like I don't know like the seventies or something went for like three hours. Like there's something about like in this time when you pay for a movie ticket and you go to the movies, it's such an event that it's like this is epic. You wanted some big epic you know, all these movies have this like epic feel. Part of that is them being like, our movie will be big and long and you know what I mean? Like I kind of, mm. I don't know, that's kind of part of the charm of it. Maybe a it little bit like more this, yeah. for mm. me this time where I kind of found it a bit endearing that it's like, like I don't know, it feels quite like classic and old Hollywood to me to be like, yeah. we're going to make you sit in this world for like as long as we can ring out of it. Even mm. though clearly it's so unnecessary for most of yeah. the stuff. I think I don't, yeah, I don't find anything implicitly wrong with that length for a like concept of this scale. Yeah. I think the thing that I that made it work less effectively for me than it probably intended to was that it didn't use that time. I think proportionally it used that time way more to be like, look at all the cool mechanics of how the escape's going to happen more than like, look at all the reasons you should care about all of these characters. Look at all the reasons why. And that's why, like I was saying before, I, I can remember barely any of the names of the people in this film. I don't think it spent Mm. enough time actually like humanizing any of them individually to any sort of like really significant extent i was like we had three hours of a film and i don't feel like i really know any of these people and so like Mm. i found the ending tragic in like the way that it played out but i didn't find it like personally tragic like i i didn't think that um I think some of them work. I, I just think some of them work better than others. Some sure, of them you yeah. look at them and you're like, I, I forget what your story was. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. To me, to me, a Donald Pleasance getting blind and then the other guy helping mm, yeah. him works absolutely well. Mm. Yeah, but but I think there were you know there were less Going of those blind. than there were of just like totally 
Yeah, I got a wife and kids back home. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so okay, true. very yep. true. Cool. Yeah. Steve McQueen works though. He's a cool, oh yeah, we should talk about cool this guy. Hero. What a yeah. sexy boy! Mm. Oh, I watched I watched this with my partner Hannah, and like as soon as she, she, he came on screen, she's like, ah, oh, he's the cool guy. Uh, like, he is and, the cool he guy. Really, he, yeah, he is. It the is cool unfortunate guy. that so the way they establish it's a funny idea. So essentially, what they established with Steve McQueen is literally just no matter what, the second that he's not literally chained in a room he's gonna try to escape so for the first like again it's a long movie like hour and a half of the movie it's him like being like okay i'm gonna go escape and then the edit is like as he's like being carried into the isolation cell again Mm -hmm. and the joke is like oh he tried to escape and got caught Mm -hmm. but it means that he spends a lot of the movie in isolation and we are with him. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, he's the best and character. That's the point, yeah. But and towards a lot of the, the end, movie. he gets his sexy, like, motorbike yeah. jumping. Where he so did some cool. of the stunt work yeah. for the other motorcycle riders. So if you look at his face, yeah. it's literally Steve McQueen chasing Steve McQueen around like Steve the McQueen. Alps. Oh, really? Yeah, but he didn't do the jump itself. No, I was just like, So there's I the one famous jump and then yeah. he was... I've read the Wikipedia page and (laughs) um, apparently notoriously Steve McQueen was very like good about doing his due diligence when being congratulated for doing stunt work because he did a lot of stunt work himself but if he was ever congratulated for doing a certain thing that he didn't do he was like no it was not me do not say it was because also it meant that he wouldn't get insured by like a lot of the studios a lot of yeah like the more extreme things he did the harder it was for him to get work because yeah. they just wouldn't insure him. They're yeah. like, oh, you'll want well, to be That's that whole, stunts. like, Tom Cruise thing where, like, he's one of the only actors that's, o- o- like, ever overcome, like, it's worth insuring him for how much money it makes them that he does his own stunts because yeah. that's, like, a huge, cool Max thing for them now. Max is convinced that Tom Cruise just wants to die to escape Scientology <laughs> and he's trying to commit suicide by being in increasingly he's dangerous always, action films. He's always running. Like, he, yeah. that's why he's always running. He's, he's like, please let him die. they're like, you did amazing. He that was so cool. And he's just like, wow, you really pulled it off. I don't think with the broken ankle. He's like, maybe wow. we don't do it with a parachute this time. Like, oh, um. Yeah, okay, the wire jump in Great Escape, like it really makes your heart lift when that bike goes up. Yeah, it does. It's so cool. It does. It's kind of disappointing that he's just like the second that he lands, he's just like, oh, well, didn't do anything. Yeah, he, I'm still getting trapped. That's the like, thing I yeah. forgot just every like, time I've watched it, that after he does he it, just jumps. at one point it's he like just he gets, gets away. the wires and gets <laughs> recaptured. It's just that he jumps over it and it looks cool. It does look very yeah. cool though. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Well, we've said lots and lots about Great Escape, um, but I know what you're thinking. You've heard about these uh, these boring army real men, people, these stupid humans. What would happen if they were little chickens? Why did the chicken run across the road? To escape the Holocaust. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Chicken Run. It's the 2000 stop motion animated comedy, uh, which is from classic indeed. We can, I reckon we can. That's the classic genre, just classic. Classic. Mm. <laughs> Casablanca and Chicken Run. Um, Robert Pattinson's uh, favourite romantic comedy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
What? Have you seen that? In an interview, they're like, what's your favourite romantic comedy? He's like, why is the only film I can think of? Chicken Run. <laughs> <laughs> I love that That's man. So He's so goddamn stupid I did not charming. know that. Um, it's from Aardman Animations. It's their first film I hadn't realised. Oh. Aardman did like Wallace and Gromit like early on and stuff and then this was their first film and I was just looking at all of their releases a very underrated one that I love Pirates. is The Pirates Band of is Misfits. really good Band of oh, Misfits and guess what the next fucking film is Chicken Run 2 <gasps> yeah. yeah yeah I know Did and I thought that it was just this? like on uh, there's always like you know to be announced and shit I'm like yeah I bet but it says they're like in post-production. Oh yeah, it, I, I remember hearing about that almost like mid last year or something. And I was just Did like, you have to take a few this, weeks off? This can't be real. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm almost, I cannot believe. I'm, I'm quite scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Apparently don't the, you dare entrap them again. Oh yeah, I know. Well, well, the very brief, like, sorry to obviously spoil this for anyone who, listening who hasn't actually seen Chicken Run, but if you haven't, then it, that's They're living under fault. a rock. It's ridiculous. Um, apparently the very brief like bit of info that they've let loose about what it's going to be is that it's like they've escaped. They're in this new paradise place. Yeah. What happens? And apparently um, Mrs. Tweedy (gasps) reappears in the film because she's listed in the cast. That fucking um, bitch. Electric chair. Do do with that what you will. Anthony, do it. It can be anything you want it to be. Do a dream car. A dream I said dream cast. You can dream cast if you want, but like, what's the dream version of Chicken Run Two? Does it include oh. some like music things you like? It's got some like weird Wow, that would be weird. Um, what's the, what's the plot of Chicken Run Two uh, in your fantasy world? I couldn't even tell you. I'm so like, I think I feel I feel about this like how um, like my parents felt when they were like remaking Gatsby and stuff like that like I, I'm yeah I'm just like oh, yeah, it's weird. is this the best idea but Maybe I also like kind of trust them it. with it so. I, yeah I love Hardman. like they're really cool yeah. I think they're I think they're especially like when you look at their newer works it's always like got there's like a very similar very cheeky style of humor that like you know yeah. mom and dad's laugh at as well kind of one that like the whole like Mum and dad would always be like, oh, cool, Chicken Run, thank God. It's not like some dumb kids movie, sure. you know? Like, everyone yeah. loves them. Yeah. By the way, the plot of this is essentially the same thing as uh, as Great Escape, except without the atrocities of World War II. Essentially, it's just a bunch of chickens, and they're trapped inside, like, at a farm, and there's, what's her name? Mrs. 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 Tweedy. Mrs. Tweedy. And she go, you know, she, like... Uses them for their little eggs, and then when they stop laying them, Ugh. they kill. They ki- she kills them. They go to, the and they're shop. like, "We have to get away." And then as Mel Gibson arrives, yes. <laughs> um, like Mel Gibson's like a fancy chicken who arrives, the rooster. rooster, and he's fancy like, "Fancy chicken." He's a fancy rooster, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm wow. going to help you escape because they think he's got like he can fly." But but he, he was can't. just cannonballing. Um, my memory of this film, the memory that like, when I watched this, I was like, whoa, flashback, is being crippled with sadness and stress and anxiety over the shot of the reveal that oh, yeah. Rocky I'm like can't actually so fly. He's been shot out of a cannon. <laughs> so essentially there's like a poster and it's been ripped in half and the shot is just of the main character Ginger. chicken, mm. Ginger, walking 
It's, it's raining. Horrifying. It's raining. It's walking. It is slow so motion through the crowd of chickens and all of their faces just like but it dawns on them. He neutral can't fly. and uh, it, that it dawns on them. He can't fly. He and as fly. it's as she like holds up the poster and it, they the and the lighting, align. the mise-en-scene, it just ruins you. Oh. <sighs> For those who haven't seen it, it's it, the bottom half of the poster reveals the cannon that he was shot out of. He from can't the fly. Rocky can't has fly. been lying. Rocky cannot fly. He can only be shot and live. So superpower in itself. It's pretty impressive. But, still, but he cannot fly. But he's Mel Gibson, wow, so I feel so deductive. moved by this. Yeah. Anyone else think it was Tim <laughs> Allen? They sound identical. But you'd already told me that, so I was watching. I was trying to think. That. I was like, who is who is who is that? And I was like, oh, it's Tim Allen. I was so mm. confident of that. I didn't even look it up. I mean, mm. similar Buzz Lightyear. Esque yeah. character, yeah, yeah. totally. When yeah. that first chicken yeah, died um, as well, I was shocked. Yes, I wrote that down as well. It's so effective. Yeah, I actually care about that chicken death more than any deaths in Great Escape. Oh. Yes, yeah. That, <laughs> when that chicken dies, There's it is so sad. So impressive to me about like animated films or kids films, or whatever. Just like going that dealing dark. with death. Yeah, like, it's like yeah, he's when dead. They like, first, we're not gonna yeah. when they first show you the chicken farm and they do an establishing shot. It looks like Auschwitz. Like, yeah, they yeah. honestly could oh. have a little this is... like mucked fry over the top, and you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, makes oh sense. my gosh!" Not yeah. only that, but it looks like almost you know a pixel perfect <laughs> replica of yeah. the uh, layout in the Great Escape. Yeah. Like it looks so similar, yeah. and there are so many like little details yeah. that they've pulled out of Great Escape oh, to totally. make it look and like the, the same. Musical, like, like the the theme as well has the, so much whistling in it. Absolutely, and, and the um. Uh, one thing that I only pulled out this time on my 201st watch or whatever <laughs> was um, probably because I hadn't watched The Great Escape <laughs> the Great in the past, but was that um, you know how in The Great Escape the tunnel digger I was writes the, the numbers on the top of the tunnels when he first cracks them open? He oh. writes number 17 mm. on the hole that he digs in like Tom or whatever the yeah. the bunker house that they yeah, did they a successful the, they named them like Tom Dick Harry, and Harry. Dick and Tom, Tom Dick and Harry yeah. Tom Dick and Harry yeah. and um and Ginger's hut is 17 and they're outside of it oh. every all the time yeah. like she's always wow. walking out of it and like yeah. lots of the um, and like in the opening they have like a montage of all the different types of escapes that they've tried, tried and failed before, to do and yeah. one of them is the I escape love that, from Great Escape it's like that they're, little, they're like it's, it's not going to work fast get it out of the way yeah exactly <laughs> but it's also like just try any one of those again they're all really good yeah. one of them that like nearly worked really well is like they made a giant like human suit Mm. To confuse the like the barking dogs outside to look like Mrs. Tweedy, to look like Mrs. Tweedy. <laughs> and it works really well at first. And I'm yeah. just like, why not just do it again? Well, mm. the, the, like Ginger explains to um to Rocky at one point. I'm going to be um actually about. It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh Mel actually. Well, <laughs> she, she says to him that um I think the wording is like it's not so difficult getting one or even two chickens out of here, but this is about all of us. All of us. Oh She's God. very like mm. yeah. It's, it's, that's it's what you get with not me. Oh, oh, absolutely. She's such she's a Bernie like Stan. truly a feminist icon. <gasps> I love um, them. Not Ginger. Everyone. What's his thing? Not, not me. Ask. Not me. Yeah, I didn't work. <laughs> not Sorry. Ginger. Everyone. Not Ginger. Chickens. What did you guys think of the animation, the claymation? Isn't Ooh. it kind of the most, isn't like all stop motion kind of the most timeless animation because it's like kind of just like, always Like I same. don't know what could be improved, but I'm not looking at this the and only, being like, oh, The it's only so time pretty. I've ever watched a stop motion thing and been like, oh, I didn't know they could look like that mm. was, um, what's it called? Kudo? Kudo Kubo. in the two strings? 
Kubo and the two strings, which is like the most, it's like who knew that they could literally do that with stop motion. It's mm. incredible. Mm. That's from um, the other, Leica. it's really just Ardman and Laika. So Laika will probably go on to Coraline, Paranorman and yeah. Yeah, I heard that too because they have filmed They make that, like um, no money, their movies. Missing, they did this film Missing Link last year with like Hugh Jackman mm. and stuff and it like got like a pulled release over oh. here even. Like they didn't even mm. show it. So it's not the most popular form of animation. Yeah, I think like unfortunately, yeah. why Eliza does it not work? No, for you? no, no. I really love it. I was gonna say watching this um, movie, like the art style, made me really nostalgic. Actually, nostalgic <laughs> because yeah. I feel like every other, as much as I've loved them, every other really good animated movie I've seen over the past couple of years, um, I feel like they always strive for like realism or at least like if you're even if you're mm. watching like a really creative mm. anime thing, it'll always look have like this really sanitized kind of beauty to it. And watching these, yeah. I was like, these are really ugly characters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So not watching this, the like you feel like you could it's pick so these like, little guys up and like squeeze about them. Yeah. They are so yeah. charming. Yeah. Really but like at the same time, though. it's also like it's really yeah. gritty. <laughs> like it, I, just yeah. all the shots of them being like in the mud and stuff, and like all of the dirt and like completely. The, yeah. I don't know. It's it it has this sort of like unrefined yeah. quality that I find really and like appealing whenever more it, so than like yeah. Whenever they're just like staring at something, their expression is like fucking hilarious. <laughs> How they just have like what makes, eyes. It's what like, makes so many scenes. <laughs> yeah, it is so funny. yeah. A, a great exercise when watching this is just to like pause it at any point, <laughs> and it's it's amazing every time. Like it's never <laughs> not good. Just looking at this and being like, wow, this wasn't. Done in a computer, like these, yeah. these, are these physical this is, objects. That this existed. picture is essentially the picture that they would have taken on, like, yeah, on set. Yeah. yeah, one of the like hundreds of thousands. The of pictures. I had a big moment of that with the like, you know, where Rocky encourages them all to dance, like to do the dance. <laughs> in that, it literally is so cute. Like I was flipping out. I had to keep on pausing. They're so cute. Like the little dance they were doing. It's so funny. This like, film it's in general is just so charming. I would like show it to anyone yeah. and be like, yeah, this is like in part a really good time, but in part also just like really triumphant. And mm. like it does, I, I don't know. I can't help but feel like it captures the spirit that in The Great Escape sort of feels like a little say, bit in I, bad I, taste it at also, times. I, I was just about to say, I'm like, it actually is a pretty good idea to be like, well, the things that kind of feel like in poor taste in Great Escape because yeah. you're t- dealing with real with war the Holocaust works cost, a lot yeah. better when you just Yeah, I think there's that. a yeah. point. Chickens. Chickens. <laughs> <laughs> there's a point made in Chicken Run that doesn't come up in The Great Escape that mm. I found really crushing and also really, like, morally interesting. And I can't believe, like, the children's claymation movie is maybe more ethically complicated than, like, the yeah. whole POW movie. But, like, I find it so, like, aggravating in the film when Ginger is like, all right, guys, like, come on, we have to keep trying to escape. And they don't want to. The other chickens are like, why? Like, we're fine. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that is fascism. Mm. Like, not knowing that mm. you should expect more from authority that and stuff. That you deserve like, yeah. more. Maybe, maybe yeah. we're, like, being whingy. Like, we should just chill out here. And it's like, yeah. you will get murdered. <laughs> like, mm. that, like, threat mm. doesn't show up in The Great Escape where they're all just constantly like, yes, I'm in. And, like, the yeah, idea completely. of, like, being imprisoned mentally and, like, in your little social group more than just being physically imprisoned, like that is truly like horrifying to me. Yeah. Definitely. And, and in fact, like I, I would say that also like, like we're not into probably comparing them yet, but um, off the back of what I was saying earlier, like I think that one of the other big differences is that in Chicken Run, they know they're all going to die <gasps> eventually. And that's a lot of the impetus for everything that they do and, like, all the decisions that Ginger's trying to make yeah. and, like, what she's trying to, like, the way that she's trying to, like, empower and, like, um, 
I don't even know what the word is, but like motivate the rest of the chickens to yeah. try and escape is that there isn't, they don't have the luxury that like the people in mm. Great Escape have of being able to like sit anything out. Like there, yeah, there is, there what like the movie has more stakes. Death. Like yeah. it has more of a like yeah. ticking, like yeah, yeah. Like it's a ticking a clock on it. Death. Absolutely. Yeah. They're literally like, we have a few days until we're made into pies. We're made into chicken pies. I don't want yeah. to be a pie. <laughs> um, we also should have pointed out Anthony was kind of correct before when he he said it's the high it's actually the highest grossing stop motion film mm. of all time and yeah. still is. Yeah. Um, and I was even thinking about like by the end of the film, like it's so tight that I was thinking about how like when you make something where like each week I just read each week one minute of film was completed. Like that's when you make something that is that painstaking, that detail carries into like your plot and your comedy as well. Like I think so much when I see like animated films now, like some like dumb DreamWorks thing, like the boss baby, or you know, a perfect, a a perfect film. Sorry. I shouldn't be saying that about (laughs) boss baby, but you know what I mean? Just like a lot of them. I'm like, how do you have a like structurally incompetent film when Mm. you're like, Pain, when you have like teams and teams of people like painting this every you know what I mean I find that so much now with CGI yeah. things mm. where I'm like how like oh that's so annoying whereas I find mm. like stop motion things you always have like a precision so afforded to the plot yeah. and comedy and like acting yes. as yeah. well it's like the, just um, because you, it takes so long yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like the complete yeah, if you just film more sorry, sorry. Anthony you go no, no you, you go you go, you go. Uh, um, it's like the complete antithesis of how a lot of CGI heavy movies are made now where they'll be like, oh, yeah. yeah, in post we added in like this scene or we cut this shit out and it's like super malleable, like, which is weird because mm. these movies are literally used making, making like Play-Doh and they're less malleable. Yeah. It's like the most malleable. And they're less malleable. Yeah. It's a great Working point. on it yeah. for like years and years and that's why the like structure is so neat and like so satisfying. Refined. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Wow, what a masterpiece. Uh, what a how film. How thick are the chickens in this movie? Yeah. One of them particularly is thick enormous. The the main one. Bunty. The one that's like a bit sassy for a while. Bunty. Bunty. Oh my good god, name. he really knows all the names. How good was that as well when Bunty said to the old chicken guy when she was like, you can do it, you old sausage. I was like so inspired. Like it made me so happy. I was like, oh, I wish I had that as my ringtone. Just like, yeah, it was really like warm. I can, I can make that happen. Yes. I... I, I, um, as we go into compare the picks, I think I'm going to bring about uh, a little problem I have with you. They're just like, I don't know. It's just a thing that doesn't work for me, but we're going to, we're going to bring that about in uh, compare the picks. Alrighty, friends, now it's time for us to compare the picks. So this is the part of the show where we look at both of these movies, our picks for the week, in comparison, what one does better, what one does worse, and ultimately, which one better sets out what it's trying to do, Um, which I think is an interesting one this week, because I think what we've brought out is that they kind of want similar things, and that goal suits Chicken Run and possibly less suits. Yeah. Great escape, escape, which is that they both want to 
through the lens of a horrible situation for our protagonists and heroes. Mm. It wants to highlight the spirit of like humanity or chicken manity, like of, <laughs> of being like of not accepting your lot and being like, I'm not in it for me. I'm in it for the collective of our communal spirit and like conviction and dedication, and that that is more problematic possibly uh, through the lens of actual prisoners of war, which is what we all brought about. What do we think about that? Yeah, for me, there's something about the spirit, this, you know, um, sort of determined spirit that, you know, comes through in war as the great escape points out, but just generally in times of um, mistreatment and injustice that, like, I, I admire that they've tried to bring that, you know, yeah, joviality to it, that bent, but it just at times feels like a misstep purely because it's it's the Holocaust. Like, and I don't know what I expect from the film when it's not trying to say anything more than it does say. Like, it's not as if it's trying to be, like, a statement about the war, war at large. It's actually just trying to detail this one great escape. I understand that, but I don't like that it takes so long for me to get to that conclusion the last 20 minutes. Like, I don't mm. like that the whole time, especially initially, for me, it feels like the film is trying to say something about the Second World War and it's only at the very end I'm like, oh, it's not so much about that. It's probably more just about like, you know, the 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 candor and the determination of spirit of these yeah, individuals. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like if anything, if it does just want to be about that spirit and stuff, yeah. it should take less fucking time doing it. Exactly. Yeah, and point. like there's something in the process of it trying to like yeah, really detail the formula and going getting so bogged down in that the details. Like, you do of care the about the war, like, logistics yeah. of the escape. It's like, like as much as that's important to the film, I'm like, is it that important that we spent so much time on it? Whereas Chicken Run, by virtue of the fact it's not dealing with such a heavy context and it doesn't have that subtext that it has to deal mm. in and negotiate, it's just more. It's just easy to take in. Consuming it doesn't feel. It, it sits very easily with you. And obviously it's cute. It's animated. It's got this, you know, stop motion. These characters are fab. Like they're so cute and fun. It's hard to compare them because I feel like I'm being a little bit unfair to The Great Escape. But I don't know. I, no, it's okay. I, I can't really. And it's not as if I'm trying to say. I think we've been pretty kind to Great Escape. But. I think if I'm thinking about these films um, as a double feature for the reason that we've chosen to put them against each other. Yeah that they both talk about this spirit of man and, like, you know, overcoming adversity. I think I like Chicken Run better for it. <sighs> hmm. Wow. Eliza, what are you – that was that was a big sign. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I mean, it's hard. I think it's <laughs> tricky to say with The Great Escape um, because the first two acts are more slow and talky and logistical and it can kind of feel like you're being told someone's war stories and you're like, all right, yeah. Yes, Grandpa. <laughs> like, one thing that um, we haven't talked about yet is a lot of these actors were, like, POWs. Like, Donald Pleasance, yeah. he was literally a pilot and he was in a plane that got shot down. And imagine then yeah. coming back to America after being a POW hmm. and acting in a and movie acting. where you're a yeah. guy whose plane gets shot down and gets killed. Like, how crazy. Or even, yeah. like, Steve McQueen as a Marine was, like, the mm. rebellious Marine. Like, this really yeah. plays on their histories with the armed forces. I, I, I think there's such, like, 
an experience that like us four don't really have with being like, what is it to this era of people to be able to be like an event happened that like it's 20 years after affected. World War II. It's pretty oh, raw. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that affected all of our lives in huge, in some way, every single person in the world was affected by World War II. What is it to have a film like this that kind of, like to me, I go like, I, I, I get how now we can look at it and go, oh, you're trying to like hold our hand and like shield us away from the horrors of war. But I'm also go like, I've got those war movies now. Like I've that, that's more, that's the war movie I see all the time now is like the film that's like, you should be like saluting every day when you wake up for the thing that the generations before mm-hmm. you did for your country and stuff. I find it really endearing to see kind of like, I don't know, like veterans claiming the good in like a horrible thing and just kind of making a movie for that. And I feel like a grandpa could like take their kid to this and be like, see, look at that. Like, oh, yes. And like make a good thing out of it. I also think like. I feel like that's really beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like we're all really glomming onto the last act, which is like. The clearly the most exciting and like best one. Yeah. And there's like a yeah. 15 to 20 minute stretch where it's like almost silent storytelling, where it's just men like yeah. evading the cops and stuff. And that is just like pretty dope. exceptional and stuff. But like, I wonder if you couldn't yeah. have that without the boring first two hours. <laughs> like, I agree. They're all, Maybe to an extent. Because yeah, they're all set in the camp, all the same color palette. Mm. And it's like, as soon as they escape, you get like all these different beautiful European towns and, like, the Alps and, like, mm. the sky. Mm. And I, I feel yeah. like you wouldn't feel that catharsis without sitting around for two hours and hearing about people, like, welding a door. And you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. I, I I don't necessarily think that, you know, the runtime had to be, like, cut in half, but, like, it could have been, like, two hours instead of three hours or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I think you could have... The number of times that we saw the tunnel being dug, I was just like, mm. yep, the tunnel has been dug. The, yeah. At yeah. one point, the tunnel will finish being dug and they'll go through the tunnel. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I don't know, uh, stuff like that. I, and But yeah, I'm Eliza, I'm glad you brought up that silent section because actually for me that was the most effective part of the film. It's very tense. The Where just nothing happens and the score is, um, I can't even remember it because like, it's, mm. it's done so seamlessly. I can't mm. remember if the score is like suddenly comes out or if it like gradually fades out over it's a couple of scenes really or something. It's really scary when essentially the, the escape doesn't fully complete and as one of the guys is escaping, he trips and alerts the guards and it's mm. like, look, siren, like sirens, scream, scream, scream. And then the music's like, digga, 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 and it's really scary. Yeah. It kind yeah. of jumps out of nowhere. No, it's mm. very good. Um, So we've been talking about how the big middle chunk of Great Escape uh, takes its time too much. I want to bring up a little thing that I feel like is just very for me with Chicken Run, mm. but I kind of go like a lot of Chicken Run for me is mildly spoiled by the fact that I don't really like Rocky and his inclusion oh, in the story. Oh, like I get it. I totally get it. But to me, like, and I also get what it says to have the idea of like, you have this man come in and then they're all like, oh, you can save us. And then, and then they're all like, no. <laughs> and Ginger's like, oh, I don't know. And like, I get that point. But I, don't, I like genuinely, like my reaction to it is I love Ginger and I love the dynamic of her being this leader. And then the second Rocky came in, I was like, no, go away. And then it's so much about Rocky and I just that's find exactly Rocky really boring. That's exactly how you're meant boring. to feel. You're meant to identify as Ginger and that's how she feels. 
Yeah, that is how you meant I, to feel. I think I, I like, didn't. I didn't like Rocky, and I wanted him to be gone. I wish so that the many... middle. I wish that the machinations of the plot that like support Rocky was something else. Like I genuinely do. I wish it was another thing. I don't think he's like actually unlikable. Like I don't think there's anything to like not like. Just but do you, like, you know, feel do you feel like, like he was meant to be more charming, so that you're like, despite yourself, you're like, no, but he no, is not necessarily. Fun to watch. It's, a, it's a kid's. It's a kid's movie and it's just like a stereotype oh, of the so Maverick, which is fine. No I, no, I just mean like the character of Rocky is just like, and then we'll have a Maverick guy that can be literally any white Hollywood dude, which like, <laughs> is fine. But like it literally could be anyone. Um, like I don't mind that. Like I get, again, like I get it. I do. I just, I would rather anything else. I kind of I think. I think his his function in it for me is that he is he is the reason that you're meant to realize that it isn't about you and it's not about it's not about one person it's, it's not, about, not about one chicken escaping like it's about that like community spirit and that sort of thing and about that idea of like the safety of you in a community is or like tethered to like the safety of the people around mm. you and like your loved ones and that sort of stuff. Mm. And it's like, you know, because he escapes, right. He escapes really easily. Two thirds of the way through the film. He just yeah. like fucking walks, just walks out, out. And, and you're just like, okay, like, could they not have been gradually doing that themselves individually? <laughs> but like, as Ginger says, like if everyone did that, half of the chickens would disappear and the farmers would realize what was going on and, and they'd probably kill the rest of them. Yeah. Like, and there, there's this level of like awareness and cleverness that's like necessitated by the way that the <sighs> situation is like structured and stuff. That means that you can't just take those actions and you can't just be like riding on your bike and like yeah. have to see a bloody poster of the farm <laughs> in order to realise that you've, like, you be left all these people to die and, like, <laughs> then you decide to come back. Anyway, it's just... All this chicken talk's making me hungry. <sighs> Let's vote. <laughs> I'm realising... I feel like chicken tonight. <laughs> I think like so, chicken tonight. Liz, I think sorry, Rocky represents what we're, like, picking on The Great Escape for. <laughs> like, he, he is the American <laughs> ideal of, like, escape as an idea and as an act of protest. Rather than Absolutely. something you need to do to survive. But that's completely present <laughs> in The Great Escape as well. Like, that's whole Steve McQueen thing where they say to him, he's like, I'm leaving tonight. And they're like, please come back and mm. tell us how close the nearest town is instead of just running away. And then it takes, um, like, the guy that has been helping him escape, like, has been trying to escape with him going, like, so crazy from being bottled up and, like, essentially, like, committing suicide or like you know trying to escape but knowing that he'll be shot um, as he tries to run away shot down in the wire it takes that for him to realize that it's about the spirit of of getting the group out like obviously again the film takes a lot longer saying a thing that chicken run says pretty inherently in its plot but yeah maybe he does realize that but then at the end ultimately like they all go through this tunnel and then they all go off in different directions. Yeah. And at most there are like two of them together. Somewhere. And, and like, you don't feel the weight yeah. of like, not everyone got out. Like it's kind of just like, yeah. well, too bad to you guys. Yeah. yeah. And that's the yeah. Rocky mentality. Um, yeah. Yeah, for is. sure. I think wow. what well, we're saying, the fact that we're titties. like, <laughs> chickenscape. Uh, <laughs> chickenscape. The fact, chickenscape. <laughs> I, I think I just said chickenscape. Which sounds like some edgy, like, sci-fi. Chicken Escape, great run. <laughs> um, 
the fact that we're like, the Great Escape says this and Chicken Run does it also is for me, Chicken Run immediately wins because it does that and it does it in a children's movie. Yeah. Like anyone can yeah. watch this movie yeah. and will love it. In a much sim- it does it in a simpler I way. Can't you guys are going to make me feel dumb for the choice I'm going to make. No, <laughs> I'm chicken run all the way. Yeah, I've, the first, the first I half. I can't come to any other conclusions. The first half of the Great Escape happens in the first six minutes of Chicken Run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then true. from the rest of it, it's like character development. Yeah, and you're just like, oh wow, I really care about all these people. And there are less characters, yeah. but like, yeah. I know all of them, and I know how all of them are reacting. Yeah, what's going on. yeah, yeah. Vote away. <laughs> Anthony, Off you three go. I'm choosing surprise, chicken. Surprise, surprise. Anthony is choosing chicken run. But, but I'm not, I, I, The Great Escape has merits and I, I really appreciate it for the soundtrack. And I think that it does delve into some interesting moral issues about like whether or not you have a duty to like push back against oppression in a situation, even if you're ultimately you're not actually trying to get away, like what does it say about you as an individual to like make that decision? But um, I basically just think mm. it could have done, could have been done differently. Mm. I unabashedly recognize that I'm a sucker for like a nostalgic view of cinema. Mm. Uh, that's a big factor in my vote. Uh, like I find that really charming. I also have a big like historical lens with this one of the sense that I go, I find it so endearing um, that uh this is like the biggest studio film of the year and through the lens of a studio film, it says a really interesting thing uh, about humanity through war at a time where a lot of war films were just about like, here are the facts of a thing Mm, that happened and we're relaying them directly to you. Like, I think it takes the spirit of men in war wanting to escape and kind of views it in lots of interesting ways. I think it's really flawed. Um, but it made me think a lot more this week than Chicken Run did. Mm. And I enjoyed revisiting it more than I did Chicken Run, <sighs> which did surprise me, I must say. So I'm voting for The Great Escape. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really matter because you lost. Well, Eliza <laughs> might vote for Great Escape. Eliza, who are you going to vote for? <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Listen to her. What's okay. wrong? Okay. like chicken to that. What's wrong, Noah? You're too Guess. scared to make a good decision. You chicken. Too chicken. Chicken. I watched The Room the other night. Stupid. And stupid, stupid, like stupid. I watched it for the first time. Oh my God, what? And that's crazy. So dumb. Yeah. And yeah. I had what a, a big conversation. I actually <laughs> last week. <laughs> I actually had a conversation just the other day about how you can't go to those screenings of The Room anymore. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, there's like midnight ones because that now number. that's just like everyone trying to do stand up and it's really cringy. Or like I, I literally kind of yeah. went to that the other to day. Cut. It was like it's an 11 cringe. o'clock Some screening. Some are okay, but sometimes it's just people think that, thinking that they're funnier than the movies. I reckon I heard about 60% of the dialogue in yeah. the film. Yeah. But I... I I kind of wouldn't have wanted to watch it by myself yeah. at home. That's like fair. I don't know. I'm just I'm just like I don't know. I couldn't do it for a long time because I went to two of them very close together, and I was just like, "That's oh, yeah. shut up. Like everyone here thinks they're so funny. Also, just quickly, I just want to put this on the record that I do have a flaw with Chicken Run, <gasps> oh um, which I probably should have mentioned before, but it doesn't change my decision by any stretch. Mm. Is that um, Rocky has absolutely no bearing on them eventually escaping. Yeah, and we spend they, a long time. They end it. up escaping because Ginger realises 
that Fowler was in the Air Force so he knows about planes (laughs) and flying and shit. And it's like, he's been here from the start. What are you doing? I don't know. I think maybe. that, that was really silly to me. I think maybe Rocky, like. He, you know, a lot of the thing is like he him told saying them like it's a mental game as well. Thing. Like you guys yeah, you have to yeah, keep yeah. your spirits up. And maybe they wouldn't have he didn't yeah. them like let's fly yeah. this fucking plane if he didn't like yeah. hype her up to that point. Yeah. yeah, but like maybe Fowler should have done that. Back in the day, <laughs> great escape days. We used actual airplanes. Exactly. Shit. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh well let's done, go run. visit uh our own little prisoner of war. Our triplet in the attic. Oh my god. Now it's time for triplet in the attic. Chip, 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 chip. Uh, this is the part of the show where we pick a rejected, deformed, gross third piece of media that would accompany our twin picks for the week. It could be literally anything at all. Let's kick it off with Eliza. Okay. I'm just going to pick my boy Billy Wilder's take on the POW oh. movie, Starlog 17, his movie starring William Holden. Because I think, I think I watched it before The Great Escape and I think in some ways it strives for, like, authenticity a bit more. Like, both movies are very America-centric mm. and they're about, like, bold, like, American POWs, you know, like, saving mm. the world. But at least in Star Trek 17, like, um, they're a bit more specific about which camp it is and they have these different prisoners from, like, there's Polish and Czech, you know, prisoners and there's a women's compound mm. and stuff. And Anthony, mm. Anthony, something you were, did you complain? I've not really complained, but I think just like the idea that in The Great Escape, every single conversation you is about whine. escape. And like mm. in this, yeah, yeah in Starlight 17, there's other stuff going on. So you definitely get to know the characters a lot better. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sounds great. It slaps. Ooh. Good one. I have not seen that. I'm actually slowly working through Billy Wilder. So that's yeah, it's good. really good. Eliza loves Billy Wilder. Yeah, it's Eliza's, it's Eliza's fave. Meg, kick it off. Don't kick it. Eliza's kicked it off. Continue kick to it. kick it. I'm, I'm kicking it to you. Here you go. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. Nice. So <laughs> um, that was me like collecting the ball. You know, anyway. So mine is a bit of a somber one this week because war is really sad. Um, I read that book that everyone's reading called The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Oh, yeah. And it is just about. What's the, the plot of it? Yeah, what is it? The plot. It's about the tattooist of Auschwitz and also Birkenau. The like, um, I think yes, yeah, Slovakian tattooing the Slovakian numbers on the inside of Jews. Tattooed the numbers on the inside of Jews. Oh, that's so sad. Prisoners of War. I read the book. I liked the book. It probably, in my eyes, I'm definitely privy to if something gets really hyped up. I really expect it to like live up to it. Yeah, live up. But um, I read the book and then I listened to the in conversation episode from the ABC with Heather Morris, the author of the book. And I was much more impressed listening to like the podcast Mm. about the book than the book itself because it sort of addresses the, in the episode, Heather Morris sort of addresses some of the issues and the criticisms that people take with the book. And also some sort of mirrors some of my criticisms of the great escape where Mm. when we look back on things with the understanding that we have now, it's so easy to fall victim to like historical revisionism. It's very easy for us to want to um, 
you know, in the, in the book itself to talk uh, or to dwell on the fact that the, like, I guess, protagonist, um, the Slovakian tattooist fell in love with one of the prisoners of war that he had to tattoo. Like it yeah. sort of is this romantic idealized vision of what happened and the In Conversation podcast episode just like kind of gets to the nitty gritty of that and says like, yes, that was like something that blossomed from it, but like, you know, don't ignore the fact that you are literally talking about Auschwitz yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And Heather Morris is quite articulate about it. So I recommend listening to it if you're into that That's kind great. of thing. Which so the I, podcast. Um, yeah, I, I'll read the book too if you want, yeah. but I much prefer the also, podcast we'll link, episode. I guess both to both of them. Yeah. Sounds great. The ball has been kicked onwards to to Anthony. Goodness. Catch. Catch it. I all right, caught it. Um <laughs> So uh, I'm kind of kind of torn because I have like a more and a less lighthearted one. Hey, but you edit the episode, dude. You can do whatever you want. So true. You I could say all of it. Yeah, I could. I can um, do them both. You want, I could, hey, how, how often do you get to guest? I could delete show? all of this uh. and just record like an hour long monologue of me talking <laughs> about how good chicken runs. You could just do the chicken <laughs> runs without telling you. <laughs> yeah. Like I, exterior. Honestly, yeah. I probably could, off the top of my head, wow. like recite a lot of the What's lines. What's the first line? But, <gasps> There's, there isn't a lot of talking immediately. Yeah, there isn't. There's a lot of like yeah. what's your favorite line? And noises of spoons digging. What's, what's your favorite line? My favorite line, like it's pretty hard to go past. I don't like gravy. Don't want to be but, a pie. I don't like gravy. Um, <laughs> uh, I I I like. I I also like like Babs has all the best lines, but I also I I also like her being like um. I didn't. I wasn't on holiday, Babs. I was in solitary confinement. She's like, "Oh, it's nice to get a bit of time to yourself, isn't it?" <laughs> Babs, you old fool. Anyway, um, yeah. Why not? I'm gonna go with my more lighthearted one, um, which is actually the film that I thought that this is another film that I suggested to do with Chicken Run, which I can completely see the rationale behind not including, but um, uh, I'm going to pick Shawshank Redemption mm. as my other film um, because I think particularly with the hindsight of the conversation that we've had about the sort of like individualist slash collectivist attitudes to escape and the morals wrapped up in that, um, it has an interesting kind of counter argument in that like one person gets out at the end and stuff, but at the same time, it doesn't shy away from the like sense of community that happens on the inside of mm. the prison in Shawshank Redemption and that sort of stuff. Oh, that'll um, be the way it's like Red was here. Yeah, sad. that'll be such an yeah. interesting episode of the show. Actually, I have so many Shawshank like thoughts. Right, I'm dads everywhere any. would be so happy. Oh, truly, if we did Shawshank, Shawshank and Forrest Gump are those ones that like we could talk about for a long time because they're like. Mm. Just yeah, just we people think a lot of those films they're very good. They are yeah. very good. You it are is right. very good. I just str- I struggle I with Shawshank sometimes. Isn't I think Forrest you Gump should... is on the spreadsheet to do with the Big Chill, like big like boomer movies. Yeah, What's the Big Chill. Yeah, we could do that. Definitely. Very true. Anyway, uh, anyway, no, very that's, good. That's good me. We're tripling good the attic, Noah. Noah. Uh, so it's interesting. Eliza's tripling the attic is like the thing of like an escape movie that invests more in like its characters than uh, the great escape does. I picked something on the exact opposite spectrum. That's like a film that I've watched before that I loved for how like simple it is. And that it's like 
We are interested in the machinations and the thrill and the tension of an escape, and that's Escape from Alcatraz, uh, which is directed by Don Siegel, who does, like, lots of – it's starring Clint Eastwood. So he's done lots of Clint Eastwood stuff, like, most famously Dirty Harry – and he also, also like, did, the, like beguiled. the Beguiled, yeah. yeah which, um, yeah. Oh. Have you seen like the original Beguiled? Yeah, Maybe. I did an essay on it uh, that was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I we never really talked about that remake, did they? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. when like you get to do something, I don't know if you guys have this, you don't really write essays for uni now, or you don't oh, go don't. to uni anymore, but like they give you a topic <laughs> and you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to snap. That was one of those ones where it was like, yes, let's yes. get it. I That's actually so love cool. writing an essay. Oh. That was embarrassing. Um, anyway, I lo- yeah, I loved on Seagull. I think. Because I think he does really good, um, like action, like really taut, like thrillers. Um, Escape from Alcatraz also has the good thing of like we talked a bit about the complicated logistics of like it's World War Two, so it's like the weird thing of like this should be sadder because and like we should know more about them because they're like you know they're they're soldiers. Um, Escape from Alcatraz like they're they're prisoners, like they are criminals. So it actually. There is like a removed. I'm not saying it's like effective that a film doesn't make you care for its characters much, <laughs> but I actually find it's a pretty effective way to like take Clint Eastwood's thing of like a hard gaze and like a cold face that like you can't really see inside of to make it this prisoner, and then you don't really know about him. You just know he's going to try and escape, and it's based on this real life case that is literally so fucking interesting. And it's pretty um, authentic to the case. Like, I find it real. Like, I, I always just say it's one of the better experiences I had with, like, a movie. And then it was, like, based on a true story. And I was, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I looked it up and I'm, this like, oh, crazy. what the hell? This is like, crazy. Like, of course they made mm. a and there was movie a little, about this. Mm. Yeah, and there was a little development with it. Where <gasps> I was like, going to so ask to talk about this. Yes. Oh, my mm. God. So, essentially, the whole movie is, like, these three guys. That, like, the biggest thing with Alcatraz, especially back, like, obviously back in the day, but they were, like, if you escape if you get out, you're not going to survive how cold the water is. Like nobody can do Like it's always the big one of like the whole movie. It's a really good tension throughout of them being like, when we get out there, what if we're too scared by the Mm. water? Mm. And then the movie ends on title cards being like, they just found. Their bodies were never found. Like the police, their bodies were never found. They picked up one of the rafts like in the middle of the ocean and one of them like way closer to the coast they might've gotten out. And then... It was re- revealed like last year or something, right, Eliza? Yes. That the, like, some guy some wrote news- a letter to yeah. the San Francisco yeah, like PD, and he was like, "I am one of the escapees from the Escape from Alcatraz, like in the I 40s got or whatever. I am still alive. I have cancer, and I don't can't afford to have it treated. If the government will treat my cancer and let me live for a couple more years, I'll like go to jail." Right? Isn't How that crazy? No, it's okay. Don't go to jail. Like, that's sick. And, like, you just have this nice, treatment. bro. Literally. I mean, it's oh, so good. definitely yeah. a scam. But if it is not, like, yeah. how, like, romantic and crazy Absolutely is incredible. Literally. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Escape from Alcatraz. Good choice. You should really check it out. Good one. Wow. Thanks so much for listening, friends. Uh, if you liked this episode, uh, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate and review us any way you can. It really, really, really helps us out. And tell a friend about us. All of those things. Um, if you have any like questions or thoughts or interests or recommendations for us, you can email us at twinpixpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your chicken run fursona furry chicken women Truly. drawings. I, 
Can maybe someone with like Fan some photoshopping hunting. talent do something like? Can they like make us into the chickens <gasps> from the movie? I, I reckon know. that'd be hot. <laughs> I think yeah. that'd be really scary. Um, don't do that. That's horrifying. We yeah. don't want to see that. Um, Eliza, do you want to tell the folks about, about yes. Rough Cut? Yes. Roughcutfilm.com. It's the movie website I run with my friends and I'm still doing it from overseas. So go and read some nice Wahoo. reviews and features and articles and stuff. <laughs> That's the one. How about you, Sound Daddy? You got anything to recommend? <sighs> anything to plug? Mm, I don't really have any stuff to plug. I guess I have the advantage that like I'm here every week, so if anyone yeah. wants to add me, they can just do that That's through the true. through the the normal That's podcast true. Gmail. But um, yeah, I don't great. Know, yeah, thanks so much for finally being on the show. Oh, we, you, will, you will obviously you'll hear it like Anthony. Like he now has his own dedicated mic, so sometimes when he chimes in, it's in crystal clear audio quality. But obviously, yeah. like we want you a part of this show so much more now. It's awesome. Um, and if you want to watch along. For next week's episode, for what we're doing next week, we are talking about the big sleep and the big Lebowski. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting do, 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 do. sleepy just hearing about that. So uh, why don't we chicken don't we get on out of here? Come on, wrap it up. Bye. I feel like chicken, chicken tonight. Like-